All right, Toyota, everybody. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. A workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced technology to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available technology this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales events deals when you visit buy a Toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All right, we got one advertisement here. And of course, I'm reading this advertisement well after I did the whole fucking interview with the wonderful Adler family. Um, I'm in San Jose right now. Oh, but oh, boop, boop, me undies. Me undies, San Jose, California. Boop-boop-boop, me undies, me undies, you won't get a hernia. Cause those things will hold your balls nice and tight against your taint. Put them on, it'll feel like velvet. You won't need to get a hand job because your underwear is like a fucking hot chick's hand. That's fucking gross. Sorry, whatever. Me undies. Hey, everybody, if you want to elevate your underwear... If you want to elevate your underwear game to the next level, I mean, what level are you at? You got shit stains in your drawers? I don't, I don't know where the fuck you're at. You can elevate it with me undies, and the fucking screen just stopped. Didn't stop. Now I got to punk type in my fucking password. This is just not the way to do this. Uh, you've perfected your wardrobe, but what about the stuff not everybody gets to see? If you've been settling for store-bought underwear five-packs, I have something that will change your life for the better. Fucking me undies. What's the first thing you put on and take? What's the first thing you put on and the last thing you take off? I don't want to know. I don't want to know you like that. All right? Fucking keep your own goddamn taking off and putting on a clothes to yourself. All right? You oversharing cunt millennial. Uh, it's your underwear. Make your most important piece of clothing the best it can be with me undies. What is me undies? It's fucking underwear if you haven't figured it out. It's just seriously soft, feel-good undies delivered right to your door by some fucking weirdo. kind of man wants to go around delivering soft, fucking feeling underwear? Looking that other guy in the eye? Here you go. Uh, MeUndies are designed in L.A. and made from sustainable source micro-modal. Modal? A fabric three times softer than cotton. MeUndies softer than soft luxury underwear come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades that you can put on your balls and it'll be a safe place for your nuts. Um, and guess what? You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. And if you're not ready for a subscription, that's no, pro that's no fucking problem. You can still save. That's because MeUndies is offering 20% off your first pair. Just use my special URL, MeUndies.com slash Burr, and get 20% off your first pair. Uh, so go ahead. Revamp your underwear drawer. 
You deserve it. Once again, that's MeUndies.com slash Burr. MeUndies.com slash Burr. Now back to the Stephen Adler interview. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for a very special Monday morning podcast. Every once in a while, I have the special ones. It's not me just in my jam jams, running my yap in my old piece of shit house that has a lot of character. Um, <laughs> speaking of characters, we got some characters in here today. Uh, we oh, have shit. selling her new book here that's out. Uh, Stephen Adler, drummer, uh, rock star extraordinaire. Her new book called uh, "Sweet this. Sweet Child of Mine." Because I don't want to make I don't make sure I, I want to make sure I don't <laughs> now, screw this up. Now wait a minute. You it's should know this. Huh? It's not Stephen Adler's book. Deanna Adler's Sorry. book. Sorry. I, I got him interrupting. All right. Stephen Adler's sick. here. His get brother right. Jamie's here. Deanna's right. here. I feel like I went over to their house for Thanksgiving. <laughs> They've come over here. It's just going to be It's gonna be a fun show. This is going to remind me of going home for the holidays. So I'm sorry. Deanna De- <laughs> Adler's new book, Sweet Child of Mine, which is basically her uh, story of it's having... A, it's a story of unconditional love between a mother and a son. And not only that, it's a story about how many mistakes a mother can make in her relationship with a son. And it's believe a me, I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> yeah, a I, lot. Well, I, I got them off for if you like one. This is the first time I've ever heard her admit to that. It's true. You see, oh God, this is becoming here. like Doctor Phil here. You guys, yeah, let's yeah. bring some tissues over here in a minute. I, he did. Um, Brenton did. I actually, I uh, you know, I got believe it or not, my podcast listeners know I'm a terrible reader. I can't read out loud. I'm really bad. And I just got the book yesterday. Don't I just worry, got off the I road. I can't sing, so it's okay. There you go. So I got all the way up to like, I got up to about page 75 of the book. And it's wow. incredible just what, I mean, I can, you know, I can't wait for, for the next hundred. I'm not saying I'm stopping. That's just as far as I got because I read slow. But That's like, good, though. But, uh, two things like your, your, there you go. The first mom <laughs> hit a Stephen. All right. The first you, slap of the there you day. go. The first, second. It was in the arm, though. That's a misdemeanor. She slapped it works in the its head. way up. It goes from the hand, the arm, the shoulder, the face, the head. Were you a... Because uh, my mother hit us when we were kids. I mean, that was just... You spanked, and then you moved up to the paddle, wooden spoon. Were you one of those? The wooden spoon. Wooden spoon. I know all about the wooden spoon. All right, let me ask you this, Stephen. Your, your preference as a child, was it the wooden spoon, the, the random blunt object... You ever get the hairbrush? I got that. Uh, the hairbrush a couple of times. Of course, the random object thrown through the air, yeah. hitting the head. Yeah, That's why I said, see, you, you're bald and you got a beautiful head. So you look really good. You're a very handsome guy. Me, my head is lumpy. I'm and you did not, the Bosley. I, I don't have a good bald head. So that's the thing is you're going bald, you're praying. You're like, uh-oh, no, what's I underneath to Bosley. There? You I went said, to Bosley. Fuck that. I'm going to Bosley. Do a lot of rock stars. They've got it. Of course. Do you know how many movie stars? Rock stars. Dude, it's the 21st century. No, it just killed me. If you, you can do it, do it. The amount of bands where there'll be five people in the band, and I'll be watching it at home as a bald guy going, there's no fucking way one of these guys didn't go. Of course. There's no way. Oh, dude, there's a, a, a list of them a mile long. <laughs> dude, I, I have that disease, you know, it's where I'm losing my hair. It's called middle-aged, mm-hmm. and it's going to happen to everybody out there. I just gave into it. Except for me. I'm yeah. 75 years old, and I still look good for an old bat. Yes, she does. Oh, you look yes, great. She does. You know what's great about your book? Not only do you get the, the, the unbelievable, unconditional love that you have for your whole family, is it really made me want to go get some Italian food. Yeah. Because there was so much of it talking about it. I'm actually going to make meatballs tonight. Okay. When you were talking oh. about when early on, for people who haven't read the book yet, 
Um, Stephen's mom, Deanna, used to come by their, their apartment. It used to bring them food and everything when they were struggling. Yeah, yes, well, by our studio, she would come bring us food because she's a great cook. My mom's a fabulous cook, so we always, you know, make stuff, put it in a Tupperware and bring it down, grab all our laundry, go Just do watch laundry. hitting the table because that's going to make I, I a lot of noise. Uh, oh, oh. As, as, I'm just letting you know. All right, thanks for every, every, just No <laughs> hitting the table. God <laughs> damn, damn. I'm not trying to put constrictions on <laughs> no, you. I just want people to hear what He is a drummer, Bill. He is yeah, a drummer. Yeah, I got that really does. Go with the arms of the chair then, man. <laughs> okay. What is your, uh, what's your go-to dish? Uh, you want to impress people. They're coming by. Yeah, eggplant parmesan. I make a very good eggplant yeah. parmesan. I make a very good lasagna. I make a very good sauce. Great I, I really, sauce. I'm, I'm a good cook. I'm not bragging. Right. But... Uh, when you're good, you're good. I'm no, it's a, a big part cook. of the book, though. You know, I'm a good cook. So that must have been... So when you went over there, you, you got... Early on, you got a sense that the band was going to uh, was gonna take off? Oh, no, nothing like that. Our, no? studio, our studio, no. didn't, our bathroom didn't even work, and it was too disgusting to even go in. See, that's how, I don't know and how you guys... room, I think, by 10 by He's 12. talking about the studio the that The studio behind it. Guitar Center that we all used to live at. Well, we lived at girls' houses, but that was our, like our rehearsal, and we always hang there. And, so, you know, we'd come by and bring us food. I never understood how they did that. Trying to make it as a comedian... You're just by yourself, and as bad as yeah. it is, you're sort of this little dictator, and you can decide when you're going to eat and blah, 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 blah. But if you're in a band, you know, there's always going to be the late guy, the other guy doing this. Like, I, I don't know how you well, guys do no, it. I always loved being part of a team. Like, when I was younger, I played football. I loved the way to, when you get together and everybody creates something together. Right. Let me we, ask you when, this. In my band at the time, we, we created such great magic, and it just happened. We were ha- have you, re- have you read your mom's book? No, I'm afraid to read it. I already can imagine what the pain I put her through. If I read it, well, that's, that's what you get in this yeah. book, because I read your book, and, you know, I'm rooting for you the whole way through. Obviously, <laughs> a huge fan and everything, but now to get the other side of a lot of yeah. those stories, you know, the worry that, uh, I got to tell you, dude, I'm not going to lie, you put it through hell, man. Oh, you yeah. really put it through hell. Well, I mean, I didn't wake up every he morning. He put me through hell, and don't forget that. A.G. <laughs> double <laughs> hockey sticks. A-G-L-L. I did not, you know, I didn't wake up in the morning and go, hey, how can I, you know, hurt my mother and hurt my family and right. my friends. No, I understand. It was, I was, you know, I'm an addict, so uh, I did what I did, and you, know, you don't think about it, the consequences. Well, I just became a dad uh, two months ago, so now I'm Congrats. reading this well, from a... He's from next a, a couple months. Yeah, so I'm reading it from a new perspective, and Yo. I just keep, now I can be on both sides rather than being yeah. the messed up kid, which I already did that. Now, seeing so, um, if you want to tell people, like, because you touch on part of the book, like those those feelings when you were you're sitting at home. I mean, you're always going to remember him as a little baby, and you know he's out on the street and everything. That must have, you know. Well, growing you know, up, I in school. Let me just let me get it real quick. Wow. Oh. Wow. Look at that. The, <laughs> trap is, the straps are going higher. <laughs> I'm, I'm really starting to see this dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> Now, when he was growing up, I didn't worry about him because I knew where he was. He was back grandma's house. Mm-hmm. But then I, okay, there's a mistake right there. I knew he was at grandma's house, but I didn't know what was going on when he was living at grandma's house. That he would oh, okay. be going out all night and going to these clubs. And, um, but I didn't worry about it because I thought, okay, he's safe. He's at grandma's house. And what happened when you found out that, that he wasn't there? Well, I didn't find out until years later. I didn't Decades find out. later. Didn't how, how I, I, was, I did school every day. You know, they never, the school never even called her. 
Yeah, this was like the 70s. Yeah, like the 70s. Nobody care. gave a shit. Dude, yeah. nobody yeah. cares. I could go in a liquor store at 15 and you have a pack of cigarettes and, and you know, I'm buying a six-pack of beer. And Are you old enough? Yeah. Drinking age was 18, right? I was 21. Oh, it was 21 yeah. back then? Yeah, me and Sash will just walk in 7-Eleven just give me some cigarettes. We're taking this beer. And they were, yeah. And it was not, 70s were great, man. I'm telling you, I want to tell a story. Okay, okay. I got your story. Trying to keep the tension down, guys. <laughs> um, so, what, um, do you have any like? Uh, do you have any like? Because I haven't got that far into the book. Do you, do you end up giving advice? Because uh, I think this would be an incredible book for parents that, that were dealing with the situation that you were dealing with. I could never give advice to anyone. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a professional person, I'm not a psychiatrist or anything like that. I'm just Stephen Adler's mother. And I told about what it, how it affected me, the things that he did. But if I wanted to tell people what to do, if I wanted to do that, I would say, if you have a son or daughter that's an alcoholic or a drug addict, take care of yourself. And that took me a long time to learn. I mean, years to learn Stop worrying about him. That's his life. You didn't teach him to drink or take drugs. You didn't do that to him. Right. Well, you didn't do that to him. Oh, no, I didn't do that to him. But there do drugs around their kids. You know, I don't don't know anything about that, you know, about drugs or alcohol. I didn't didn't know what was going on. And, um, but I would tell people to go to Al-Anon meetings, go to AA meetings, to take care of yourself. Don't oh, worry. even as non-addict, you would go oh, yeah. and just to what, try to understand what you're dealing with. Exactly. Right. So you know what your friend or you know your associate or whoever your son or daughter is going through, what okay. they're yeah. thinking, and you go to the Al-Anon meetings and you realize you're not the only one, and yeah. you just feel so much better. In our meetings, was, was that thing. that was your experience? Well, what happened was my daughter-in-law, Carolina Stevens' wife, she would tell me. Go to an Al-Anon meeting. Go to an Al-Anon meeting. And I say, no, I don't want to go there because I don't want to hear anybody else's problems. Okay. But finally, I went to my first Al-Anon meeting, which was a few years ago. And I walked in there, and I I thought to myself, do they know who I am? I'm so ashamed. You know, my son's a drug addict. He's an alcoholic. Do they know who I am? Well, you know, when you go to these meetings, when you introduce yourself, you only say the first name. So they don't really know who you are. Right. And um, and I listened to what everybody was saying. And, and you want to know something? I walked out of there and I said to myself, oh, my God, I don't have it so bad. There were yeah. such stories to be told. People have it so right. much worse than me. I couldn't believe it. And I felt good about myself. So did, did that make you go to more? or did I you went just to need more, the yes. Yes, I go to more, yes. Oh, I've okay. gone to AA meetings to listen to what these drug addicts have gone through, their stories. It doesn't hurt me to do yeah. this. You know? I remember when I got arrested. Knowledge is, is important of this. I, uh, I got arrested for drinking and driving in like the uh, the late 80s. And one of the things is you had to go to like a couple of AA meetings. And I was concerned like, oh, God, what is this going to be like? And I went there. And that actually did make me feel better. I was like, oh. all right, I drink. I, I don't. I'm <laughs> not doing what these people are doing. Yeah, that. I always feel better going there. I was forced to go when I got arrested on that celebrity rehab show. Mm-hmm. I love that I got arrested on a show about doing drugs because I had drugs yeah. on me. Now, that, that was my highlight of my life. That was a highlight, okay? But so I was kind of, I was, I had to go for three months. Every uh-huh. day I had to get this paper signed. And I'm so glad I did because yeah. I had to go. And then like the, after the first couple of days, 
I enjoyed it. I'd go, it was one hour a day. I gotta tell you, dude, you look great. Thank you. You look great. I got over three years. Yeah, you are. You look, you oh. look, you know. Yeah, thank clear you. Clear-eyed and everything. Dude, we this go is to the gym every okay. morning. This we have a, a life now. We have a life. Yeah, this is so a weird thing, though, that, that I mean, me comedians have joked about. this. something, if you do hard drugs in your 20s, you have, like, abs for life. You guys are all in, like, crazy shape. No, everybody no, no, else. No, no, everybody alcohol, else. Alcohol, I, I, <laughs> I don't know what I, it I is. I lost 100, uh, uh, 40 pounds when I was drinking. The last three years before I got sober three years ago, uh, I was drinking Jägermeister. And you want to know something? You could drink at what age? You oh, dude. Oh, I, well, I wasn't drinking, you know, when I was younger. I had, you know, a few beers. You go to the Rainbow and, you know, get the Long Island iced teas. The girls oh, yeah. would usually buy us. And but it wasn't like I went to the liquor store every day. But before I got sober three years ago, all, every morning I drank from 6 o'clock when the liquor store opened. I would be there sometimes before... The owner got there to open up. Oh, hey, Stephen, how's it going? Yeah, how do you think it's going? I'm at the liquor store fucking before you. All right, listen. That's how it's going. Wait a minute. I want to say something. I, when Stephen was on drugs, he was so skinny, like uh, like a weed, so yeah. tiny. Now, heroin and crack will do that to you. Oh, yeah. So, you live on, on, on taco or, or uh, jack-in-the-box tacos and ding-dongs. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and Jägermeister. That, that's, that's the life of a, of a I, drug addict. Listen to me. I've said this before. You know, I've listened to you and listened to you oh, for guys. 52 years. Come on, come on. I am so tired of this. <laughs> Don't listen to Silence. You. Okay, silence <laughs> is golden, my queen. You're silence. so mean to me. Okay, come the on. queen wants I, I, to speak. You know what? Let the queen Let me, speak. I want to say something about it. I, I hear the love. I still hear the love what, Now, wait a minute. I, want, I just want to finish this sentence. Okay, okay. okay. When, he was take, when he was drinking alcohol, he was heavy. And I would tell yeah. everybody, oh, Stephen never looked so good. He's got some fat on him now. He's not so skinny. He's, yeah. It's a was, pleasure to look at him. I didn't know that that's what alcohol that's, does. I was alcohol because of all the sugar that's in alcohol. Right. I didn't know that. And, and you're and a the, sweetheart. You're yeah. making meals for people. You're encouraging and all that. I get that. You know, so you, you're not looking oh, for no, it. She, no, she's a wonderful mother. Yeah. I just, you know. Old I was school mom made you food, exactly. hit you with the brush. No, no. The, the wooden the spoon. spoon. Wooden spoon. Sorry. Get it straight. The wooden spoon. <laughs> my grandmother broke a wooden spoon over. She tried to hit me in the head with it, and I got the arm up to block it. And, you, and you broke, she broke, broke it on your grandma. Yeah. And then she immediately she snapped out. She had this crazy look when she went to hit me, and the second it snapped, she just went. She just okay. went back to normal. Yeah, all she had to do was just get a solid hit anywhere yeah. on you. She Wait, just, and I, then she felt better. Ah, relieved. I want to tell I this. My I want to tell the story about Jamie. I used to go. I used to. I used to hit him with the wooden spoon just on the thigh. Nothing terrible. Yeah, nothing you know? terrible. And no. so. <laughs> And acceptable. So, yeah. And so one night, he he talked back to me. So either I I used to wash out their mouth with soap. Soap. Yeah. Now, we, did you really do it? Make them stick the bar in there, or did you just yeah. uh, wash their face? Only the time I couldn't. You know, I was too little to do anything about it. She's got to take a, a water break here. Hang on a second. A little soda pop thing. So, with Jamie, my youngest son, he sassed me back. So I. I didn't have the soap. I, I didn't get the soap. So I had the wooden spoon. So I started chasing him around the dining room table. I said, I'm going to get you. You're not going to talk like that to me. I won't and have I, it. I'm like 10 years old at the time. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're agile. You're low to the ground. you got a low center of gravity. Yeah. So I got so mad at him. I threw the wooden spoon at Jamie. 
he grabbed a wooden spoon and started chasing me around the table. <laughs> I with said, it. "This is never going to happen again, Mom." And, and, and I, I took started, the wooden spoon. At ten, at ten, I yeah. took the wooden spoon. I started Danny, chasing her. you can't her. have that. <laughs> now wait a minute. He you can't he, have that as a he mom. He started <laughs> running after me with the wooden spoon, and we started to laugh and laugh. And that was the end of the wooden spoon. That was it. I took the wooden spoon from her and I put it under my bed, and it was done. <laughs> you know what I did? My my dad was in a fraternity, and he kept the paddle as a souvenir. My mother used to hit Holy us with it, crap. so oh, I man. I took it and I hit it. <laughs> I, I hid it in between their mattress because I figured they would never look there. They would rip it apart our rooms trying to find it. You were a genius even as a kid. Good for oh, yeah. you. I, yeah, it was out of necessity. Well, that was fun. My mother didn't I have the greatest aim. We're streetwise. <laughs> no, I, just, I was cul-de-sac wise. <laughs> I wouldn't hit him. I just on the thigh or the tush. That's all. Nothing. My mother didn't have good hand-eye coordination, or she'd get so mad and she'd miss, and she'd hit your lower back or the back oh, no, of your no, leg. No, like <laughs> no by, like by accident. Yeah. I'm not trying to indict. I think yeah. the statute of limitations has run out at this point. Yeah, I think it's worn out. But times are so different. You know, somebody, a parent, you know, gives their kid a smack on their tush or something, and it's like, oh, you're going to jail. I'm going to jail. What the, what are you talking Because everybody has videotapes. If you listen to this kid for 24 hours a day like I do, you would smack him. That's what okay. it is. But there wasn't there wasn't all these video cameras. You know, I just realized I didn't even say where you can get your book at. Um, your book is available at Amazon.com once a time, once upon a once again. I can't read. That's okay. It's available at Amazon.com, and it's also available at. Shut up, Booksmart. Hey, can I? I'm all mixed up. At Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, and it's at Barnes and Noble. Yeah, Barnes and Noble. Anna Adler's book, Sweet Child of Mine, is available. At Amazon.com. There we go. And, and she's also, having, go ahead. Oh, you I'd like to one. say it. I'd like Is to say it if you don't mind. Bill, you're, you're inviting like Bill. Big book signing March 29th at Barnes & Noble <laughs> at <laughs> 7 o'clock over in uh, the Grove. At the Grove. At the Grove. I'm very yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm very I'll definitely swing by. We're going to have Jamie, Jamie, Jamie will be there. My brother I'll Jamie will be there. A lot of celebrities. My brother's having all his friends come out. I have three friends in my life. I have three. I broke it down to three. That's all you need. That's all I got two pairs of pants, seven shirts, and 12 pairs of socks, and 12 pairs of underwear. Did you get the uh, <laughs> the World Travel, like, luggage packing thing down? Where, like, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's this big. It, you uh, just made, like, the size of a yeah, bread box. Well, yeah, you, yeah, you, no, you, you're going to do a world tour. You were leaving your apartment for a year. What are you bringing? Two pairs of pants, my PJs, a pair of sweats, uh, T-shirts, underwear, socks. Right, let me and tell him three a story. nice shirts to wear on stage. I right. want to tell you a story about him going on tour. Okay, come up closer to the mic a little bit. One day he calls me up, and he's at this uh, um, hotel, and he says, Ma, you come on by here. I got some clothes. I got some things I want you to take home with you. We're going to play Donington yeah, in England. In England. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. So um, I go to the hotel, and he comes out of the hotel, and he's wearing pants that are slit. You know how that in the 80s they had oh, yeah. oh, the holy slit, jeans. The holy je- they were fil- and also not only that, <laughs> there were slits cool. by his tush. Okay. By the tush. He's a rock star. Yeah, we didn't wear underwear back then either. And so and so <laughs> now now I do. Now wait a minute. It's so now I say to him like this. Let him get through I said, "Let me still tell this story." No. And so now he's coming out and I see he's wearing these torn pants. I said, "Steven, I says, you can't go on the Concord like that. I says, you have to dress properly. He says, don't worry, Ma, it's okay, it's all right. So a few minutes later, we're talking, and a few minutes later, a great, I'll never forget it, a great big gray stretch limousine pulls up to the front of the hotel. And he says, oh, that's my ride. 
I says, okay. So he walks down to the car, and the guy opens the door for him to get into limousine. And he turns around, he looks at me, he says, see, my, it's okay what I'm wearing. <laughs> no, I said, look, see, my, look at my ass. <laughs> you know, it's okay, it's okay I'm what I'm wearing. You know? What is that like as a mother to have a son achieve like that? I'm very proud of Stephen. He's accomplished so much in his life. And um, sure, we've gone through a lot of bad times. But that's over with now, and I'm very happy oh, for him. Over. Where do we walk out of the studio? You are so done. Wait. You're, you're gonna, I'm going to age you 10 years once we walk out of here. If I wanted to hear any of your shit, I'd squeeze your head. Thank so oh, there we go. There right. we go. That's, well, I, that's during it. that time, what was, what's, your, uh, what's your favorite city to play? Uh, uh, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. For the obvious reason. <laughs> Why? Why Amsterdam? <laughs> That's why I'm looking for a new house. <laughs> you know, everywhere. But I had to say, um, Argentina, South America is the greatest place. You know what's amazing? ACDC's best live video. I think it's, it's from somewhere in South America. Yeah, and, and the yeah. level crazy that the fans are going it's was embarrassing insane. to me as a concert going. Like, as a go concert goer, I thought, like, I thought I was bringing it yeah. for the band. Like, the whole place was going nuts. The whole word. place. Even the people in the stands. They're so passionate. You ever see an Iron Maiden concert? Oh, and they went down there? Oh, shit. Watch an Iron Maiden concert down there. It's insanity. It's just a whole, you know, River Plate Stadium is a giant mosh pit. What was that feeling the first time you played? And oh, you're sitting back there. Because it's a drummer. You, you know, you get to kind of sit down and take it in, too. You got a oh, nice yeah. seat. What? It was the greatest thing in my life. It's everything I ever dreamed of and more. How did you play that night? Uh, great. Yeah? Oh, just yeah. take it to the next level. That's so well. Oh, yeah. No, it's just, it, it, you know, you start small and you work your way up because that's the dream. It's not to play for five or ten people. Oh, yeah. It's to play for, you know, five or ten hundred thousand people. Well, what blew me away about your playing was, you know, I was a frustrated drummer before I became a comedian. And back in the 80s, I'm sure you remember, like, everybody had these giant kits even if they were just playing like a 2-4 thing, and then yeah. you came out, and you just had a little four-piece kit. Three, I thought, three. It was actually three? three when we started. It was just a bass there and a floor tom, ride, crash, and a hi-hat and a cowbell. How did you, like, because the look was, even if you didn't play double bass, a lot of people had that second yeah. kick set up without even a pedal. I had that look. I had that look, and then um, I was playing with this other band in, during the afternoon, and I got a call from Slash saying that um, we're going to do a Duff hooked up a show at the Troubadour on Thursday, and then he hooked up some show, a show in Seattle and in Oregon. So I said, he said, you want to go? And I said, of course I want to go. My bag's been packed my whole life, which right. is approximately, you know, 20, 18, 19 years. <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, I think we got to get back to your mom. I, you know, hold on. So I, I, I brought, I, I was playing with this other band, <laughs> and I, if, my mom's got nothing else to say. Oh, Steve, come on. What are you doing here? He's got nothing to say. No, but anyway, I broke my bass drum head. So when I went to play with GNR, I said, I'm not going to set the whole thing up. I'm just going to use the three pieces. And it just worked. Oh, well, I'll tell you, you got, you got more out of that than yeah, most that, guys got yeah. out of the tent. Yeah, that's all incredible, you need. That's incredible drum part. Sorry. So back, back to you. Okay, what do you have to say, uh, Mom? I, Sorry. I wanted to tell him about the first time I saw you play. Oh, okay. oh, I'd love to hear that. The first time I saw him play, I think it was at the Troubadour was it the Troubadour? Uh, yeah, the Troubadour. Madam Wong's. Was it Madam Wong's? I can't even no, remember. It's so long ago. It's a grandma story. Oh, it's a grandma story. 
No, I'm not talking about grandma. grandma. About Let me talk for two minutes. I'm so sorry, listeners. No, no this is making me out. out of his mind. I'm getting the wooden spoon. Okay. This <laughs> is making me feel homesick. This is exactly like a conversation. Mom, get in my back house. into the kitchen where you belong. <laughs> guys, guys. Please. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, it's the first time I saw him play. You are in the I, you are in the I express lane to heaven. Even, That's all I'm saying. You are in the express lane to heaven. Watching you dealing with this shit. You still have an older one that I haven't even seen yet. You're insane. Chuck. Sorry, I, I interrupted. My apologies. Go ahead. I can't talk. Okay. They won't let me talk. No. Go ahead. Anyways, I saw. I went to see him play, and Jamie was with us. And Jamie was, I think, about nine years old. And we got a call from Stephen, and Stephen says, come and watch us play. I says, it's a school night. We can't come. He says, come after dinner just for a little while. So I said, okay. So we drove into Ho- – we were living in the valley at the time. And uh, we drove into Hollywood, and um, we parked the car down the street. I remember this. And all these boys and girls, young, young adults, they had on black leather pants and sheer blouses and – and their hair was up to the ceiling and and makeup like you wouldn't believe. And those were the guys. <laughs> those were the guys. Okay, those were the whores. No, those, those were the guys. Makeup like Anyways, a whore. So we went to the front of the venue, and, and there was a security guy there. And he said, I said to him, I said, um, can you please tell Stephen Adler his mom and dad are here and his brother? He says, of course. So Stephen tells us to come into the Stephen comes out and he tells us to come into the venue and he says now I want you to stay on the side of the on the side of the venue I said he said don't go in the middle on he says go to the safe. side yeah it's safe yeah that's where you're safe and I think to myself what he's to be safe what's going to go on here so a few minutes later the lights go out it's pitch black in the venue and all of a sudden Stephen starts to play. And it's like a 747 landing on my head. That's how loud yes. it was. That's how loud it was. That was crazy. So right away, of course, I got deaf. You oh, know, yeah. I didn't hear nothing anymore. That was the end of me. I was deaf for about three or four hours. No, you weren't deaf. You were deaf. Deaf. I said deaf. <laughs> Did I say deaf? I said deaf. And for about three, four, <laughs> about three or four hours, I was deaf. On the way home, I couldn't hear anybody talk. And it I said to myself, oh, my God, I can't do this again. It was too much for me. So right away, the next time, I bought earplugs to put in my ears. I didn't realize what was going to happen. I I didn't understand it because I had never done anything like this before. Anyways, uh, we were very proud of him. And um, so the second time you probably got to enjoy his <coughs> playing a little more because you weren't dealing with oh, the sonic. Oh, yeah, it was, just, it was it. very, very loud when they start to play. Well, my favorite story when they came to the show is they brought my grandmother. Oh, yeah. It was my 75 year old grandmother. Wow. Okay, and, and she, you know, a little Jewish lady, about four, three. Yeah. Really? And I, I, I said, they're in the, in the, at the bar or at the Troubadour, you know, it's more safe there. And, you know, Jamie and my mom and my grandma, they're standing there. And the next thing you know, she looks down and my grandma's gone. And I'm, pl- I'm playing on the stage, and I'm looking around. I look down, and in the front row, there's my grandmother. She's standing right she's by the big speaker. Right at the front of the stage. Just, That's my Stevie. I love you, Stevie. And Axel's wearing a pair of chaps. 
you know, with a G string. <laughs> so he got his little, little red, red hairy little ass right there. And my grandmother's right there, you know, like two feet away. I'm going, get out of there. Get out of there. I'm playing, going, go over there. <laughs> but my mother never saw, looked at Axley. She was just looking at Yeah, she was just looking at me. Of course. I'm the only one in that. She had how many How many kids and grandkids? 30? No, she had 14 grandchildren. Yeah, but kids, but eight oh. kids. Has, grand, has last, she didn't like any of them but me. Has this uh, last, is this your longest stretch being sober? Yes. Three years? That's a month. Well, before I was 11, yeah. yeah. <laughs> First 11 years of your life, you killed it. I killed it. I was yeah. great, man. <laughs> don't you wish those years counted? Yeah. You know, when people don't. go like, what's the longest you've been sober? Like, I, for me, it was probably the first 15 years. I did 15 years. <laughs> I had a good I was 15 years. I had a good 11 years. <laughs> That's amazing. So this must be, is this an easier time than uh, oh. Deanna for you now that, now that he's, you know, look at him. He's I can got, finally got, got sleep Christmas at night. in his eyes. Yeah. Look at him. I could finally sleep at night because for 30 years, every night when I went to sleep, it was, oh, my God, is, is the coroner going to call? Is yeah. the hospital going to call? The police? I mean, one mother could sleep when, this, when her son is out there. You know, it's funny. That's why I didn't do any of those. I didn't do any Charlie Sheen jokes. Because I just kept thinking when Charlie Sheen was going off the rails and everybody was, like, laughing about the tiger blood and all that stuff, I just kept thinking about his, you know, because Emilio Estevez, I grew up watching his movies, and I you know, loved his, all his the stuff, his dad. So I was just thinking, like, they're sitting by a phone waiting to get that phone yeah. call that he's right. dead. So everybody's just sitting there watching that train wreck of a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really? tour that he did. Mm-hmm. I, I never saw the humor in it. But, you know, I also no, had some comedians that, uh, that didn't make it either, so. And you know what? There's a lot of uh, parents out there who have lost their sons and daughters to drugs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they're just regular people, but their hearts are broken now. Yeah. I, I remember one story, and I, I think I told this story before, about this real estate lady. I, I was selling my condo in, in Las Vegas, and a real estate lady came to my house. And... Uh, she looks at and she comes in the house and she sees all these gold and platinum records on the wall, and uh, she says, "Whose records are these? Whose awards are these?" I said, "Well, they belong to my son Stephen Adler. He's the original drummer from Guns N' Roses." And she says, "Oh my God, you're Mrs. Adler?" And I says, "Yes." And she says, "Can I come after I finish my client? Can I come back and talk with you?" I says, "Of course." So she comes back a little while later, and we sit down in the living room. And she says, I'm going to say something I haven't said in five years. I says, mm-hmm. well, what is it? She says, my daughter died of a drug overdose, and I've never said that before. I tell everyone that my daughter dr- died in a car accident because she couldn't bring herself to say it. Because they blame themselves. It's like a shame right. to it. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's a shame. It, there's no need to be ashamed, but it, it was a shame. So I says, um, she says, I've never told anyone this until you. She never said, for That's five amazing. years, tell, she didn't tell her family or friends. She just tells everyone, oh, my daughter died in a car accident. But it wasn't true. So she was able to tell me because she knew that I would understand what she's talking yes. about. Wow. And that's and, so important to be able to tell somebody these things that you're holding inside because resentment is, is one of the main worst things in, for an addict, especially, is resentment. But for anybody, you have resentment. You can't move forward with your life. When, so being point? able to talk about it and get it out of your system, that's the first thing. It's like, I mean, 
This has happened to many people. I talked about it in my book about when I was I was living with my grandmother. I was, you know, I was 12, 13, 14 years old, and I used to hang out at the the Starwood. Yep. You know, I lived off, relived off Fairfax and Santa Monica. You know, Hayworth and Santa Monica. So you know, it's West Hollywood. So you know, and there's always guys trying to pick you up. It, it was the seventies, right? And I used to hang out at the Rainbow and the, and uh, the the Starwood and stuff like that. And one night, I, I, this older teenager I was hanging with drugged me, and I, I ended up getting um, uh, sexually abused, you know, Jesus by Christ. by these two guys. And I was like 13 years old, and I couldn't talk about that for forever. But it was something that was deep inside that, was that a guy hurt that was, me. That wasn't acceptable for anybody for the longest yeah. time. Forget about it as as, as a guy. Yeah. Like somebody they almost like. I was 13. I don't think you can. Yeah. Give anybody no. shit for that, but you know. But that that's but the, I, I once I talked about that in my book, and, and I mentioned, you know, when you wouldn't believe how many people have come up to me and says you talking about that made me be able to talk about it. I'm not talking one, two, that's three. Great. I travel around the world. Okay, so you guys, you guys are both looking. You're both doing great. You guys have two. Yeah. Hit We're survivors. Do you guys think you're going to have a, uh, you know, now that you're sober and everything, you can, maybe you guys will have a third book in you, you know, where you don't have to hit him with the spoon. He's oh, sleeping no, in be a, hitting me with the spoon yeah. still. <laughs> but at least you'll be sleeping in a bed. I'm going to be hitting her with the spoon. It's no. not her hitting me. It's me going to hit her. I don't have anything left in me after this book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything well, left. It reads that way, though. I mean, you yeah. really put it out there. So yeah, I, I, I got to. I, I told the truth about everything. See, I've been writing this book since since 1984. Every time I would see him perform or we went... Like literally writing it? Yes. I would write down notes on a piece of paper saying, well, this is what happened today. And... and, um She's good, though. She's, she's one of those people who writes a lot, you know, yeah. has very nice handwriting and enjoys writing. Not yeah. like me and you. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I was just going to bond with you, you right there. You can't even read my signature. It's like, what did they say? S-A-D-U. You can't even read it. So I never thought about writing a book. But then a few years ago, Jamie said to me, Ma, you have all these pieces of paper, all these stories. Why don't you put it together for a book? And I said, I never thought about that. And so he got Larry Spagnola, who is my co-writer. He put it all together and for he, me. And he helped with me on my yeah, book. Yeah, he helped Stephen. Oh, okay. He was helping Stephen. He helped Stephen with his book. And so we called Larry, and Larry says, of course I'll help you. You know. So he helped me a lot. If, and, well, I uh, mean, it's, it's, I can't say enough. My fans, they know I don't read. And if I get my hands on a book and I'm, I can't put it down, that's basically the way it is. Um, with this one. So, uh, Jamie, when are you going to write a book, man? You're like the only guy left in the family, right? I'm working on my own book right now. Uh, don't peek at 25. Okay. Hey, Bill, it's crazy because I've had at least like four or five phone calls from people calling me up saying, I had no idea your family was this fucked up. And mine is even worse than yours. And, yeah, see, that's just, that's and it's, it's unreal. Like People yeah. are really calling me up saying, I have a secret to tell you. And like people are like really see? starting to divulge their secrets. And every family has one. And my oh, yeah. mom's book, I really want this book to be a big success, not because of, well, yeah, sure, I want to make some money, 
but I want to be able to help the rest of the world. I want the rest yeah. of the world to, to not have to hold on to these secrets anymore. Because, mm-hmm. like, my brother just shared a crazy secret. Oh, yeah. Well, the dude I didn't was, just share it. Yeah, he I shared it. Eight years but ago, he wrote but, it in his book. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. in my book. It's in his book. The guy admitted that he was sexually uh, molested. No, I read his book. I remember okay. that. I was like. So yeah. as soon as he said that, it's it, within the next couple of years, he kind of stopped doing heroin and crack. Well, because that secret that he was holding inside, right. he was able to let go. And that's what they talk about when you carry mud, you carry dirt, like you're carrying a big load. So all of a sudden my mom puts out this book and I've been getting some phone calls from some, you know, pretty prestigious people that I look up to. And they're they're admitting that they have drug addicts and disease in their, pro- their family as well. No, you know what I found with my comedy? That there's a lot of angry people out there. Oh, yeah. And as I'm, I've been working through my anger, I have a portion of my fans going like, dude, what? you're not as angry. Like, they're getting mad at me because, like, yeah, yeah I'm, a little, I'm, angry, a little, I'm a little happier. We I mean, want you angry, man. I still uh, <laughs> want you angry. Yeah, bro. stay angry, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, love, I love, you know what I love? What was it? Uh, what was it? Not... Uh, Misery loves company. Exactly. Uh, they want you angry. They disguise angry. it as don't lose your edge. Don't lose your edge. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no. what is my edge? Yeah. Yelling at other people's mothers at a, a red light? You yeah. know what I mean? That's somebody's grandmother. What am I doing? Like, at some you point, were speaking for millions of people. <laughs> yeah, I have to bring it down a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So whatever. There's always a couple people going to give you a rough time. Of so, course. Um, all right. So we've we got a little more time left. Is there anything else? Uh, you know, I mean, what was it? I'm sure it's in the book, but what was the watershed moment where you, where you finally saw your son have, like, this breakthrough where you felt like, okay, like, he'll actually, uh, like, this time it might take. Like, the, he's gone on a three-year yeah. run. That's incredible. Yeah. Yes. I, I really never had that, like you say, watershed moment. I just, I've always, always said to myself, okay, everything's going to be all right. The best is yet to come. He's going to be fine. You know, but... Bill, it's been like a 30-year battle yeah. up and down roller coaster. Yeah. It's a roller coaster. And it's just like we always have hope. Yeah. I mean, we're the only two people that have never left Stephen's life. We've always right. been by his side. Well, my wife's been with me well, for his, 16 years. Well, his yeah. wife. And she's never did a drug. But we've been, we've been together as a family this whole time. Yeah, well, there, there might be times we don't talk for like a year or whatever, but we're always there for each other. What's and, the craziest thing you guys ever tried to get him sober? Because I would literally at some point... The love for my brother would be like, I'm just going to chain this guy to a tree. That's what I did. <laughs> I did that. I did well, that. You though. can't. You see, but that's the thing is you can't do that. And the Oh, that doesn't work? Thing, that doesn't work not. to do that? No, no. My friend Mark Canner <laughs> from Canner's Deli, he wanted to chain me up to his radiator downstairs in his basement. I said, it's not going to work. Because as soon as I get out, I'm going to have more resentment, and I'm going to go over deep and even Wait, more. Wait, he, lo- he sat down and had a logical conversation like, Steve, listen, I'm going to chain you to this radio. Yeah, oh, yeah, Mark H- Hannah. Hear me serious. out. Hear me <laughs> out. I'm going to chain you to this radio. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mark yeah, Hannah. Bill, I got his book, too, with all the pictures that he took yeah, of you guys down Mark there. I the bought greatest. every goddamn thing you guys have ever done. I his whole every, family everything. is wonderful. I love Mark. Yeah, he's great. You right. know, I used to do so many crazy things. I would nag him, go to a rehab, do this, do that. It didn't do any good. No. I would to go to rehab to just to appease right. them. Yeah, you know, appease Just to me. shut them up. And I'd go, and I'd end up leaving the next morning, and there's thirty-five, dollars $40,000 in the toilet. Because once you give them the money, and you could leave 10 minutes later, you don't get that money back. Rehabs are the biggest rip-off and waste or of time. Or investment, unless, depending on what unless, side you're Unless, exactly, unless you're the owner, <laughs> yeah. it's the biggest rip-off. So, but if you're the owner, you're, you're, you're making bank. I call them revolving doors because you're going to keep going in and out and in and out. In and out What's the them. fastest rehab so, you had? Like you went in, 
The second the car drives away, do you walk right back? I didn't even get to the place. My friend uh, Bob Forrest, you know, he works with Dr. Drew. Yeah. Um, he put me on a plane to go uh, to, I think, uh, Michigan or something like that. And I got on another plane and went to New York and spent like two <laughs> weeks there. I went to some nightclub. Some people recognized me. Next, you know, two, two, three weeks later, I was like, oh, I'm going right. to go back home. And so I got on a plane went they, back home. They never checked in to see if you went? Of course they did, but I didn't oh, check okay. in with them. <laughs> I just never showed up. Bill, wow. when, you're, when your brother is your hero and you look up to him and he's this big rock star and the guy's killing himself and you watch him die and kill himself for 30 years, mm. your last hope is you got to kidnap the guy that's and bring him to did. Los Angeles. Right. And that's what we ended up doing. And, and it just made it worse. And it just yeah. made it completely worse. And fast oh forward. God. Fast forward. Years later, the guy's alive, and that's yeah. all that matters is where is he at today. Yeah, right, and today right. he's alive and he's healthy. And you know what? He might have been dead, or he might have still he's still alive. Uh, Who knows? But that's it, all that matters is okay. now, today. Do, you guys, do, you, do you two guys have any resentment for the the shit you went through with your brother? No, no. no Are you no, son, no. your brother? I don't. I don't no. have any resentment. That's my very brother. mature. No, no because listen, he was yeah. a drug addict too. Yeah, I, I, I used to do drugs. Of course, <laughs> I went to rehab one time. I've had my own share of experiences, but. The one that got me high the very first time when I was 12 years old was me. Was my brother. What were you thinking? Okay. I wasn't thinking. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) I was on drugs. But you know what? Listen, everything in in, in life happens for for a reason. It got me to where I'm at today. And if my brother wasn't this big rock star, I wouldn't be the agent, the manager that I am. I wouldn't have this amazing lifestyle that I have. But so resentments. No, of course, I would have loved my brother not to have been a junkie for 25, 30 years. Yeah. But even if I wasn't a rock star, but, I was just yeah, a junkie. He Anybody. A, you don't but, have to be a rock star or a movie star. You can be, I'm, a junkie. I'm an everyday, ordinary, it, average guy. When, Throughout when, the trash, your, I pick up the dog, dude. When, when, it's your, <laughs> when it's your flesh and blood, it's a little different. Like, you never yeah. give up on your flesh and blood. And it's, ta- it's all talked about in that book. In my brother's book, too, he has a chapter in there called Thug Love. And I mean, it's we can make a whole movie on that one chapter. Give him a milkshake in Las Vegas, and he woke up in Los Angeles, and then he was held hostage for like three months. No, I could have been going. I could have gone months. to prison. I could have gone to prison for the rest of my life. I committed so many felonies across the state lines, kidnapping, kidnapping over state lines, all this crazy stuff. But you know what? I had no other choice. I didn't know what else to do. That was my last resort okay. to try to help my brother. Okay. Now, and then you know what happened? Was, you know what the best choice He went to celebrity rehab after yeah. that. Yeah, but see, I would have done celebrity rehab anyways. You know what would happen if they didn't, you know, they didn't kidnap me? I wouldn't have the resentment that I did have towards them, towards it, that made everything worse because they kidnapped me. I mean, he wasn't there. But the people that were holding me hostage, they were giving me better and more drugs than I was doing on my own. Okay, they it's all in the book, everybody. If this doesn't oh, make you want to read all of these damn books. Oh, yeah, you have want, to have the last right. word. No, I want to say one little story here. Okay. Jamie calls me up. He's in Los Angeles, and Stephen and I are in Las Vegas. And, Stephen, and Jamie calls me up and says, bring Stephen to Los Angeles. Drive him to Los Angeles. I says, for what? And he says, we're going to put him in a rehab. I said, okay. So Stephen and I get in the car. And I we're driving, that, so. And we're driving to Los Angeles. And he's, every two minutes, he's poking his head in the back seat. And I, I know he's smoking. I think he's smoking weed, but he's not. He's smoking crack. crack. 
So every few minutes he would go and put his head in the back of the seat, you know, turn his head I around. I was in the back seat. No, you weren't down. in the back. Yeah, you were in the front. Oh, yeah, I'm just turning society and taking And there. so... And you're not aware that he's sitting right next I, to you. Yeah, <coughs> I'm thinking he's smoking weed. So I, could say, I say to him, stop smoking the weed. Stop it. I'm driving the car. I don't want you to smoke in the car. I told you not to smoke. And lo and behold, he, he, of course he's not going to stop. He's not going to listen to anything I say. And we're about an hour out of Los Angeles. And all of a sudden, I didn't know where I was. All, and I've driven this route a hundred times or more. And all of a sudden, I said to Stephen, I said, I don't understand. Where are we? Why are we here? I don't get it. I stopped the car. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, he's, and he says, don't worry. I says, I don't know how to get to Los Angeles. I said, what should I do? He says, uh, don't worry, Ma. I'll guide you. I said, hold on one second. I put a nice little rock in there. I said, okay, go straight ahead. And we go on the freeway there. We Wait, go why, why didn't you? I was, I you was high. high off of his, I was so you high. You can get contact. Was, I never sat next to somebody doing crack. I had people doing it on my stoop when I lived in New York. Yeah. And I'd walk around it, but I wasn't in an yeah, different. You got your mother high on crack, Steve? Yeah, I, I didn't want to. I, you know, I, I didn't know they were taking me. Hey, I'm an addict. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't know. I didn't know what happened to me. I couldn't understand it. Because I never, I never got like that. But all of a sudden, my brain went dead. I couldn't figure out why I <laughs> was there. Literally, literally she dead. Got numb. And he's and believe me when I tell you, he guided me to exactly where I wanted to go. Even if he's on crack or cocaine oh, yeah. or whatever the hell he. Once used you to get take. on the ten, you're all set. You're gonna be what? in Florida. Just stay on this. Go, stay I, this. Didn't, I didn't know where hit. to get you off. Wherever you're going, you know everywhere you're going. If I wouldn't didn't have that that, that drug, I wouldn't have been lost too. I go, oh, let me take a big head. Okay, now I know where to go. Go just keep going. Yeah, see, and, Bill, and, we're, and we're a Jewish family. How many Jewish families could say a story like that? Uh, there's yeah. actually a lot. Okay. There probably is a well, lot. Well, there's a lot more, but we don't know about that. We don't know about Well, hopefully all the stuff that you guys are putting out there in your books will uh, will have the same effect that you had when you talked about how you were sexually abused and you were talking about how you dealing with the son that, that's battling addiction. Um, i got to tell you, uh, everybody listen out there, the book is phenomenal. It's called uh, Sweet Child of Mine by Deanna Adler, and you can get that on Amazon.com. And if you want to read the other side... Of uh, Stephen going through it, you can read his "My Appetite for Destruction: Sex, Drugs, and Guns and Roses." Um, that's also available on Amazon.com. I can't thank you guys. Wait a minute. So much for coming. Also, I have Wait a minute. Mom oh, yeah. wants to say something. I, I want to say one thing. You could also find it at Barnes and Nobles. Oh, you could find it on Kindle. And if you're um, in, if a foreign country, all around the world, you could find it on Book Depository. And please. If you're in the neighborhood on March 29th at 7 p.m., go to the Grove, and I'm going to have my first book signing at Barnes & Noble, and I'm very excited about it, and yeah. I'd love to meet you. Come on. I can't, I can't top that ending. There you go. Deanna Adler, Stephen, Jamie, thank, thank you. you guys so much for Bill, coming thank down. Thank you for thank having you, us, man. Thank thank you. No so worries. Much. No worries. And thank you guys for listening to the special edition of the Monday Morning Podcast. I'll talk to you guys again soon. I don't know when we're going to put this up. All right. See you. <laughs> Toyota, you know, we all agree that reducing emissions is a good thing. 
And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, yet they make up less than 10% of all new vehicles today. That's because right now they cost more. They're too expensive, just like all new technology. Consumers worry about range and whether or not they'll be able to find a charging station. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture the batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision of a carbon neutral future. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV electric vehicle could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, hey, let's go places.